Welcome to the Level Design Podcast. In this episode, we put the building blocks together and find out what makes Jack Chapman tick. Let's get on with the show, shall we? Welcome to the show. I am Mark Drew, currently Creative Director at Command Studio, and I love alliteration. And I'm your guide in this podcast, where we get to chat to wonderful people in the game development industry and investigate their craft through the lens of level design. Joining me are Valentina Chrysostomu, Creative Lead at Command Studio. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hope you're doing well. What have you been up to, Valentina? It's been like a minute or two. It's been since... actually a minute and two since we talked, yes. I mean, uh, since you and I one. talked, but yes. it's been like <laughs> months since we've been on the show. Yes. Wow. So... Uh, oh, oh, my God. Where to start? I don't know where to start. Start, start with the most recent news. It's been my birthday. Like, uh, you have, and I've been celebrating. So I guess I'm 30 now. That's big news, oh, I guess. <laughs> I have bad news for you, Valentina. Oh, no. The 30 and the 30 list is going to not have whichever list that's out there. Oh, no. I didn't make it. <laughs> but you did like 30 at 30. Like, you got one year to make <laughs> that, it. That, you that only list. have the one year. That would be amazing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And anyway, well, I mean, I'm sorry you haven't made the list, but congratulations on your birthday. <laughs> congratulations <laughs> for reaching the age where your back hurts. Yeah. Wait till <laughs> you get 40. Everything is just ibuprofen. Like, it's like, <laughs> you know, that's that's what you have. Yeah. Uh, also joining me, probably with less backache than I have, is Jonathan Wilson, who's been up to, I God know what. I don't know. You're freelance. You're like, you're like the guy that's traveling around having all the fun. It has been, like Valentina said, a minute. I also turned 30, so it's like I feel your pain a little bit with that. I have pains <laughs> I didn't have before. It's not back pain, though, so it's fine. Okay, uh, but yeah, it's like the free, like you said, the freelance stuff. So I think last time we recorded, I was still working at those two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, finished Dester, that's out. That's all, all done on Netflix now. So uh, now you can actually talk about the stuff yeah. that we couldn't talk about before. Yeah, um, maybe in the future we do some kind of deep dive on that. But yeah, roguelikes, tactics game in the form of dealing with relationships through dodgeball. So okay. in a dream state. Uh, so lots of, lots of things to kind of go into if there's ever in-depth talk. Uh, but yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I started working at Variable State as their senior level designer. Oh, nice. Uh, so I'm just hitting the ground running with that now. Mm-hmm. And you're yeah. getting into the level. Exactly. I don't know. I was trying to do a pun there. It's been been a while. (laughs) The level running, not quite the same. (laughs) Get get into your focus state. Ah, I don't know. And last but not least is the lovely Jack Chapman, which this episode is is dedicated about, who is senior level designer at PlayStation London Studio. I'm I'm asking that like I don't have it straight (laughs) in front of me. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Jack. How you been? Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, um, I'm doing I'm doing pretty well actually. Um, despite us talking just before the podcast about how the nights are drawing in and getting dead dark, and it is uh, it's a little bit depressing. But yeah. other than that, um, I'm pretty tremendous at the minute. To be fair, I've got to say the last time I saw you was at the opening ceremony of Limit Break. Yes, and they've just had the closing ceremony. Not to put up, not to date this podcast, but it's like yeah, you know, like back end, you know, book ended. Yeah, that- I can't believe how much that time's like flying. I know, like it, it makes me sound like so generic when, like, like I say how fast this year's gone. But mm. to me, it's it's just gone. It's like probably the fastest year of my life so far. It's just it, it came, it's came, and I would say pretty much done with now. Um, I think, but it's been eventful. Slingshotted yeah. out of the the pandemic after like yeah. a lot of things not happening, 
you now have a year that everything's happening. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, it's like, oh my God. That makes sense. You've been having fun. That's what, (laughs) you know, that's. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's 100% the slingshot. And yeah, I I guess that's it. It's just been super busy, both like with work and like outside of work doing stuff. So can't complain. Like it's good to be busy and good to be able to do stuff again. Absolutely. But yeah, um, super happy to be here. Um, Thank you very much for the invitation as well. I mean, you're going to kick off. I mean, it all relies on you now, Jack. This episode must be good for the for, oh, the, for the next season. Don't give me that. So, <laughs> pressure, pressure. <laughs> but uh, you, you're now at uh, PlayStation London Studio, which do, it doesn't roll off the tongue because it was London Studio bought by PlayStation. That's PlayStation London Studio. Uh, and but before we get to to what you do there, we have to ask. How did you become a level designer? How what made you into, mm. you know, how did you get? What's your origin story essentially? How did you get your superpowers, Jack? How did you do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll I'll try and do this in the best abridged version in the world. Um, oh, we've got you... tape, man. You know. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah. So I mean, you know, it's. I think everyone has their, you know, their rough time with. You're playing games since you know you since you're year high and you've become obsessed with them and it's like okay this is cool and I think for some people it gets to a point where it's like I'm not just like obsessed with playing them like I want to be a part of this and I want to get making them and I think for a lot of people it's not knowing how the sausage is made so to speak mm-hmm. which keeps like as, at least when I was growing up it felt like quite like a hidden industry and he wasn't quite sure how you tapped into it. Right. Because I think like movies and stuff, there was always behind the scenes, like it's how they did the dinosaurs and Jurassic Park and all that cool stuff. And I was obsessed with that. And it wasn't until I was like maybe probably like 14, maybe 13, even maybe even 12. I'm sorry, I'm saying out loud. Mm. Um, it was the, the back, like the behind the scenes for like Halo 2 and the making of Halo 3. So it was the running up to the release. They did the, their Bungie always released like uh, Vidox and they were focused on like one bit of the game. And it was like, how about they were like bringing in uh, the brutes for Halo 3 and how they were kind of making them the main antagonist and doing all this work to kind of make them like the, the core uh, antagonist for the player and all this stuff. And it was my first like real peak of like seeing like all like, like grey box stuff seeing assets like unfinished and seeing it all looking ugly as shit but like <laughs> seeing oh like they're not beautiful all the time games like right. they're awful and they're held together by duct tape and it's just oh, like can we tell this can we tell people this because like there's been like explosions on twitter of people going like oh yeah well it looks ugly it's like oh well, yeah it's oh yeah is this oh my is God. this that yeah is, is this that thing from like last month when it was like yeah. oh this game looks so unfinished it's like it yeah, is it's unfinished <laughs> <laughs> it's not done yeah yeah um but yeah I, I mean i think i think it was that where i kind of started seeing that and it was oh god like yeah like these take time and these take craft and these take hundreds of people pouring shit into one thing and making it this beautiful thing by the end of it and that was like oh cool i want to make games but i don't know how to do it so i'll just do creative things which hopefully might leads me to have experience to get into games eventually mm. so when i was at secondary school um my like options i managed to like take like there was like a media degree and i were like from school level which was really cool so i took that um i took art especially like like right at the beginning though that's a really yeah good time. You, normally media is like much in the yeah like i was like but like, how old are you there is it like 14 i think you are when you pick your options in the uk yeah. so we're still fairly quite young um but i was still kind of trying to gear 
just creative stuff that would maybe lend the hand to that. Um, yes, I did like that at school level, then finished school, and pretty much the only option I was really aware of was I'll go to sixth form. Mm. And traditionally, that's like more like academic subjects. Like pretty much everyone I know from my school who went sixth form did like biology, chemistry, like politics, law. And I was like, cool, but like <laughs> that shit ain't me. Like I don't want to do that. Like I can't do two years of shit I don't care about. Like I've just done school. And doing like physics or math. Yeah. Yeah. As, but you're like going about none of the stuff there relates to what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was just, it just didn't seem like, like it was forging a path I was interested in walking. So, you know, I, I, I shipped around so many different colleges in the Northeast because I was from the Northeast originally. So looked around all over like, uh, like Newcastle and like Middlesbrough and like Sunderland and stuff. And from a college level, I was like, nothing's jumping out. Mm. And I would, did like look at like art colleges and I was like, this is cool, but it's not going to help me. Like it's, it'll be a cool two years, definitely, but it's not going to aid me with my, like, my kind of dream. So I kind of give up hope and there was like a, a college in my hometown and it was traditionally like a tech college. So a lot more like um, less academic subjects, more like things to get you kind of into the field, whether it they was used to like... be called polytechnics. At yeah, 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 I'm sorry, I'm, exactly. I'm very old here. So like... No, no, no. Yeah, that's... But, but yeah, that's... I, there was a, this whole idea of like, actually, you want to become, I'm going to say a plumber, but... Yeah, like, 100%. You, want, you, you know, you don't yeah. want to do that. This is how you do it. You learn the craft. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I don't think that there's going to be anything there to do for me, but I'll go because it's the last college I haven't essentially looked around in the Northeast. So, and it was right at my doorstep, like literally oh, 20 right. minutes from my my, my like childhood home. In, uh, Handy. So I was like, okay, I'll go around, look around it, all the art, all the art stuff there. And the parents were just like, well, you've got a face like a slapped ass. Let's oh, just leave. No. Like, it's not for you. What, why are you wasting more time? We'll figure it out. Let's just go home. So we took a shortcut through the college and we ended up in this like kind of like media department looking area. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh, this looks all right. But still, there was, it looked abandoned. There was no one doing tours around there. I was like, yeah. right, let's just go. And as I went to leave, I just saw like, um, if I remember correctly, I'm sure it was like a 3D model open in Maya of like the Power Armor helmet from like Fallout. All right. I'm pretty sure it was that. If not, it might it might be in the full power armor. I can't remember. It might be in T pose or something. And I was like, "Oh, that's video game bits. <laughs> bits. This looks cool." Yeah. It was honestly like someone spawned it in front of me. It was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there was just this huge Irish guy, and I was like petrified to go up to someone and be like, <laughs> "Is this something to do with games?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, I run I run like the game course here." I was like, "There's a game course here in Darlington in my northeast hometown." Like what the hell so i was like are you, is it too late like is it cost full up i'm sure i'm assuming it's full up and he was like oh no like just we'll do the interview now i was like it's just an open day what do you mean he's like i oh, will just do it <laughs> so he sat walked me through the entire course you know the game went industry through... at its best here gentlemen yeah <laughs> legit like if it, it started you mean to go on type thing um yeah he taught me through all the modules all it would be and i just came out i mean mom and dad like they were just sort of sat there and they were like we don't think we've ever seen like your face like that before. Oh wow! So I, obviously it was like a light bulby, like beautiful moment of like, yeah. oh shit! I think I've found a pathway so here. Course. Yeah, legit. And I was like, okay, cool. So fast forward, went to that, did two years there. Um, it was a mix of it wasn't just game stuff. There was a bit more like creative media involved as well. So mm -hmm. 
did a, you know, we were doing like stop motion animation we were doing like flash animation we did like entire like sound design modules so you got like a mixed bag of like you know if you needed to go and like make stuff off your own back you could probably do it after two years here which i thought was really yeah, cool really even in hindsight looking back it's a really really cool way to like equip you um i guess as like a media creative almost um yeah so did so did that so finished that was like finished up there about 2012 i think that would have been now is that right Yes, about right. And then I went to Teesside University. So that's obviously very local to where I was as well. So it was just in Middlesbrough, up down the road from, from Darlington. Um, yes, yeah, so I went there. Uh, and obviously the first the first year of that game course there, it's like a mixed bag. So you, there's no like specialization until the second year. Well, that's good, isn't it? Right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, e- even if you go there and your goal is to be like, I want to be like, I don't know, a, a combat designer or something like, mm-hmm. you'd still have to do like 3D modeling and animation your first year. I think you should do that anyway. I mean, yeah, it's foundational, yeah, foundational to yeah. the trade, right? Yeah, because I think I think that way as well. Like, it gives you at least like a a one on one understanding of the kind of different crafts at, at work. And yeah, you actually saw people who were like, "Oh, I want to be like a, you know, a, a game designer." And within the first year, they were like, "I want to be an animator now. Mm. I just want to animate because they just fell in love with doing three D animation for games." It's just being exposed to all the other elements yeah. of games, right? And like yeah. you're saying, it's like you become a jack of all trades for that first year, mm-hmm. but it helps you figure out where is it I want to go. Like and like yeah. you said, with the specialization in the future. Yeah. But it means you can communicate with every other department exactly. in games now much better. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so we did the did that. Um and I actually I actually swapped courses after the first year to graphic design. For reasons I won't go into, okay. um, but life, life comes. Out. Yes, let's just say it was life reasons. <laughs> uh, so I did a year of graphic design, and I switched back to the game class after doing a year of graphic design. Yet again, for reasons which I won't bore your listeners with. Oh, not nothing horrible, just things. Um, so yeah, I did that. Went back to the games class. So then the second year, it was like, okay, you have to specialize now. So I was like, okay, I want to get into design. At this point, I still didn't know if it was level design or just like general, just want to be a designer. Mm-hmm. Um, so still figuring all that out. And then at our uni, we ran like a, a like, like a team module, which was kind of like, it was kind of like a 12-week-long game jam. But you kind of got like, I can't remember how many teams it was. I want to say it was eight teams. Was that Journeyman? Journeyman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's called Journeyman, yeah. So... You know, I came back with a bit of like a kind of fire in my belly of being like, I'm back in the games because like, I, I want to do good at this. I would need, I still want to make games. And I was like, I'm going to lead a project on this journeyman thing, whether it like, kills me, I'm getting in this. Um, so what it, how it worked was you, had, you could make like a pitch and then they all went up on like the intranet. And then out of all the pitches, they all got voted on. And then like the top eight ideas or concepts, whatever you want to call them, they would then get taken on to be like the concepts and the per- the people who came up with the concept would be like the lead on it moving forward. Um, so I kind of pitched like a personal project I was working on anyway and like adapted it to be a bit more gamey because I had loads like pre-production work I've done in like uh, Photoshop, like thanks to like graphic design and the stuff I learned in college was kind of coming really useful. Um, so yeah, kind of went into that, got, got picked as one of the kind of leads for that. So that led a team for 12 weeks doing and obviously i'd never led anything <laughs> like that i've done like group projects at school and college and stuff but anything of that scale was like very foreign mm. but i guess i was just very 
I, I don't want to say confident because I don't think I was confident back then, but like I think I just had like a very like tunnel vision goal of what the kind of deliverable was as a 12. Right. You knew what you had to produce, right? Yeah, like you exactly. knew what you, where you had to get to. Exactly. how you get there. Yeah. You're going to get there. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, you've got 12 weeks of essentially working on a personal project I had for a comic idea turned into a game, managed to somehow wrangle it so it makes sense. 12 weeks to deliver like a vertical slice of that. And I was like, this is going to be a piece of piss. And it wasn't a piece of piss, but I knew what it was going to be. And, yeah. you know, the, the kind of team we got put together was, like, yet again, super fortunate, like, really talented, like, 3D artists who were, like, they were, like, using substance and stuff when the course never... The, like, the, the actual 3D modelling side of the course was never teaching you substance. And these guys were just learning off their own back. And we, we did it all in UDK, so it was pre-UB4. Mm. and we honestly like the the amount of work those, those guys did to get it and like you look at it even then let me probably look back now and it maybe look like shit but at the time we looked at it and we were like this looks like a ue4 game <laughs> like it looked tremendous and it was only a tiny little environment really but mm. anyway we kind of did that that was really good um we were kind of one of like the, the kind of winning teams for that and that was that was like a great like kind of ego boost to get like okay i'm back where i belong and i can kind of deliver so i felt quite of cool yeah, so then fast forward in the third year, kind of got the final year project was your main thing. You had a few other modules, but it was really your final year project. You've got like essentially the full uni year to pitch your thing, make the thing, deliver the thing. And I did like a like a first person parkour narrative driven thing, which I look back now and I'm not proud of it. But do you know what? At the time, I was like dead jazzed about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is like really, really cool and important. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> were you, dead. Were you like it was, it wasn't. <laughs> your fingers kind of like, no, this is very good. This yeah, is- like thinking I'm like Hideo Kojima or some shit. Yeah. And it was just like, no, this isn't good. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> like, it's it's a stepping stone, isn't it? To kind of learn what not to do, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of did that. Then kind of finished uni. And I was like, okay, like, what do I do now? Um, and... My personal life at the time was a little bit rocky as well. I was kind of suffering a bit uh, with my mental health. And I was like, well, what do I do? Like, where do I go? I can't just kind of stick in uh, my hometown in Dalek. I need to look look a field, even if it is just somewhere in the Northeast, I, I need to look out of my hometown. And I had a friend who was working in QA um, down in Manchester. And I was like, you know what? Like, I think that might be a really good shout for me. Like a good change of atmosphere. Because I didn't, you know, it, I'd, I'd lived in the northeast my entire life, pretty much, and I was like, okay, let's let's move out, let's go to Manchester, and I can live with my friends. We can both be in QA, and we'll kind of sort, you know, that'll be that'll be it. I'll be in the industry, and I'll kind of figure the rest out. I'm trying to fix my mental health at the same time. I mean, that's a really interesting um, way because a lot of the people that I hear is, is like students leaving university going. I'm an animator. That's all I want to do, and that's the only jobs I'll apply for. Mm. And they they can't see that the industry is much broader than that. To mm. so be able to go like, okay, well, I'll do QA. What you know? What the hell? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it was one of those things at the time. I was like, my my, my main. I mean, goal... not that QA. By the way, I just want to clarify before anyone says, not that QA is just a low job because like QA saves my life, right? So. Mm. Um, big up no, to- of course. Um, I think to me it was like I just want to be in the industry, mm. and I was like, I've got a friend in QA. He can like, you know, he can put my CV forward. I can get into QA. I was like, cool. And to me, that was kind of like in the industry checked off for the time being. I was like, cool. Like, it's I am just wasted like five years of my life with college to be like, oh, I'm not doing game stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I was there. And then, yeah, like kind of fortunately, there was like an internal like design secondment became available. Um, and I was like, oh, like I've only been here like three months, but like I'll just apply and see what happens. Well, you said you've uh, been there, but you actually didn't tell us where you were. Oh, sorry. Uh, that was TT Games. Sorry. I completely forgot that bit. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Make a problem. <laughs> TT Games in Manchester. Well, it was in uh, uh, Wilmslow, which is like just below Manchester, technically. But... Do you remember the project? I mean, you must remember the project. Uh, it was it was uh, Lego Dimensions, the weird like Toys to Life one. Oh, cool. But it was like different okay. IPs. So it was like a really weird first game to QA because there was this big peripheral thing. And you had all these like mini figure things to put on the middle. So it was a really oh, weird... The for them must have been oh, yeah. really cool, though. Guys, it's so different from because it's not just the software. Yeah, as normal QA. Yeah, uh-huh. legit. Because you could be sat there like bugging something. You'd be like, oh, "I'm doing this," and then like someone would just like jokingly put like one of the characters thing on your like toy pad, and it would just cause a crash. You're like, "What the fuck?" Like that's a new book. <laughs> <laughs> that's so like, we just we just oh, found wow. something. So like yeah, you know, like we, we we did we did also. I mean like we we did like night shifts and all sorts in QA, and it was bizarre. I mean like. We were we were doing like a Spanish build of like the Doctor Who expansion for it once. Mm. And it was like it must have been like four in the morning. We were just like at that silly hour when you don't know if you're too tired or like you've slept too much the night before and you're just a bit like out of it. And like every time we put like the Cyberman character on the pad and he spawned in, it just said in Spanish like Cyberman Activo. And for some reason we all just like lost it for some reason. And it was like just <laughs> It was just, I think just doing things at that time of the, in the night is just not yeah. good for you. But... Yeah, it's kind of like a bit delirious state at that point. Yeah, yeah, totally. anything. Yeah, like it wasn't, like, it's not funny. It's objectively not funny, but to us it was for some reason. Uh, anyway, I digress. So this is what I said when I said oh, I should have given you the abridged version because this is this is really waffling now. Got into the design through a secondment. Uh, that was working on LEGO Worlds, which was the kind of Minecrafty lego game mm-hmm. um really small team i mean there's blocks right so it's blocks biggest, yeah. you know landscape yeah. blocks yeah <laughs> so it was like fully procedural you know you could like right. just terraform and wow. drive around explode all over it and it was like it was cool like it was a really cool uh like project and yeah as there was like a junior so then i was on that project for i think i was on there it must have been close to two years so i joined like maybe two or three months before it shipped so my my tasks were literally we don't really have that much content in the form of like quests and missions yet. Can you just go and do that and make environments for these to go into? So it was using the actual in-game modeling tools, what players could use on like the actual release mm. to make everything. Mm-hmm. And then like doing all the quests, all the quests were set up on like text form, like text scripting Oh wow! Okay. in a, in a literal like notepad document, wow, which okay. was like, mind-blowing no <laughs> visual scripting then no 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 <laughs> i bear in mind like that's that was my only experience with that point it was like using kismet using blueprint yeah. and ue4 so i was like how do i like just re- oh it's all just there like and if you got like one number outside of a bracket entire crash you were just gone so that was a learning experience mm. but it was, it was really fun like i said really small team so i didn't have that thing like i think most people do when they come into industry of like feeling like a really small spoke and a big wheel well, I was very aware that I was at a big studio but the project was like tiny and it wasn't like a fully budgeted team and project like the other ones traditionally were so I think they were at peak there was like four designers on it wow. uh, and like two of them were like you know well me and like one of my best friends who have met through that project we were juniors and so we were green 
but we had a lot of say of that project and we were just because we were working at we were the only ones like in engine so to speak doing stuff mm. so we knew the the limitations from a design point of view what we could and couldn't do um yeah so we kind of shipped that and we supported it for you know like a good a good year year and a bit we did a couple of expansions a couple of updates and we did a big update that never saw the light of day which is really really annoying to me oh, that's gonna we, hurt because we worked our asses off for that and also a really cool like survival mode that we were making and it got canned um which is like one of my biggest game dev heartbreaks of all time know. but you know I mean, this is a big problem in the, in the industry i think because people that get credited is like what have you worked on it's like well i worked on undisclosed game at undisclosed company in some cases yeah or, you know and you go like i had a friend i can't remember which game it is i'm gonna might say fable but i don't want to get them in trouble but like it, that was like the second game in the industry and so here's a big chunk of time that they go into the next job and go like what did you work on can't tell you can't tell you yeah i know people who've been in industry for like you know five four or five years and they haven't got a ship title under their belt yeah. yet because it, of the same thing it's worrying because it does happen like mm-hmm. i do feel like it's super unlucky if it does happen to you but similar to you jack like i've got a handful of friends who they've worked on some really cool stuff but it hasn't seen the light of deer just because of publisher deals not coming out yeah they're like bigger publishers restructuring their stuff mm-hmm. um and yeah it's unfortunate because everyone just wants that first ship game right because that opens the door for your next role your yep. pro- like mm-hmm. your promotion or whatever so even if totally. it's not released at least having something to show in your portfolio or something yeah. that right. is available yeah. some to the public or mm-hmm. anything to show i've worked on that so <laughs> even that's hard though like outside of, I think, concept artists, it's rare that a designer will be given permission to show the block out you did. Yeah, there's just so much so. to show. Yeah, it's 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 difficult because if you at least were able to show off your work, maybe not to public, but to like recorders or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But if you don't even have yeah. that, that's... It's a shame. But then again, it's like, that's exactly what the owner of the IP doesn't want you to do, right? Yeah. So let's say, I don't know, yeah. I, I, I can't think of two warring studios, but let's say TT goes to, I don't, I don't know, who would be working on Mindstorms or whatever, not Lego Mindstorms, but do you know what I mean? And then it's like, yeah, we didn't ship this game, but let's look at the levels. Like, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Let's just like yeah, get yeah. this, get let's get this top down and just build it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense that you wouldn't be able to show any of that stuff. It's just a shame because you can also, I can also come and tell you, hey, I work on this project. What? There's no trace of this project, but hey, yeah. you have to take my word for it as well. So yeah. am I lying right now? Or am I saying the truth? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, totally. A... <laughs> I think even in like a, even in like a really like basic way, it sucks not being able to have your first look. I'm in game and it's on a shelf. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they should yeah. all give us a piece of paper. You have worked on this. This is a confirmation you worked on mm. redacted project. Show it to your next employer at least. Yeah, like loads <laughs> of black in the whole page. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah it's just black like, ops. Just <laughs> something like that, right? That's an interesting thing. Like with Jackie, you just pointed out. It's like there was a time when it was a big deal to be able to go into game and pick yeah. up the box product of what you worked on, right? But isn't that less now? Like so much is digital. And True. Some people won't do physical releases unless you're a big company now. Man, we're yeah. gonna make a box and print it and stick it together <laughs> with print stick and say, like, there you go. Actually, we're I gonna do, do that. I do you. know people that have done that, like where indie teams yeah. have only released digitally, they've still made box art and stuff for their own internal like team and stuff. And then mm, sometimes yeah. you'll do like a limited run. Like some indie studios yeah, won't yeah, do yeah. a big physical release, but they'll have yeah, that like a special edition formal work. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing. We just showed uh, Adventure X, a game that we released last year. And yeah, we're great. It's, it's fantastic. We released it. I've just done a big like a banner for it. Once you put a big damn banner with a Steam logo on it, you're like, God, we made a game. Man. It's a game. It's a game now. <laughs> it's a real thing, not yeah, just it's a, a real thing. thing. <laughs> you know. But anyway, I think it's so important. It it, it just it just means something when it's you can physically hold something. It's different. It's right. why I still get Blu-rays. Like right, right. streaming services are great. I still use them. But if a film I really like, I'm like, I'm getting a Blu-ray. Like, I want to, I want to smell like the the inside of a fresh Blu-ray. Like, it's real. It's a real, <laughs> it's a tangible I feel the thing. Same. I buy every yeah. game physically because yeah. I like 100%. having a library. I guess that mm-hmm. I can see every single day yeah. and I don't know decorate around my house. Yeah. that's the thing. It's just then it's just like, oh, that's nice to look at, isn't it? And like that, that's what it becomes. But I don't know. It's still it's still nice to me. Well, the, the, with Blu-rays, especially, and not so much so with box games. But, um, with Blu-rays. A lot of time you have director commentary, you've got audio tracks, there's a lot more stuff that mm. yeah, I'm fully aware there's probably the same thing on YouTube, but it's not part of, like you've watched your movie mm. and you sit there going through like you know the blooper reel or whatever. I, and I feel like you also own it as well when it's physical. I can pop that Blu-ray into a PlayStation into a Blu-ray player or whatever. So mm. does that thing exist not a Blu-ray player? Like I don't know. I don't know actually. Yeah, if, it, if it's a bit antiquated. Yeah, you can probably still buy them, but I think, yeah, you're going to buy a multi-purpose one, right? So you're going to get a PS4, PS5 instead. So you Legit. can do something Yeah, else. everything just feels so digital right now that I don't even know what exists People anymore. are going retro. It's all going to come back. It's going to be mini discs <laughs> well, and players. I mean, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> so. It's like Val said you sl- and like still buys physical games. Like I bought the physical PS5. I have not bought a physical PS5 game since launch. Oh, no. It's <laughs> just <laughs> like... But it, like in my mind, it was for my PS4 back catalog because yeah. I have lots uh, of PS4 okay. games. That's fine. I just don't. I don't have the room to make the same size collection of games yeah. on another console again. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. So after yeah. you you were doing on Lego Worlds, which is yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your next step in the industry? Yeah. So from there, I, I kind of got to the point like, like I mentioned, like the. The kind of small team was like a double-edged sword because mm. when you're working on a project that has a lot of potential and you're in a small team and everyone's like fighting for you know every day just to kind of keep the lights on this project <laughs> and it gets to a point when you just aren't getting the kind of resources behind it that the frustrations are, are come from that right and it's sometimes it's not too sustainable for your own good to kind of keep protecting what you think your little baby because mm. it's not like you're working on a project it's not yours and it's i think that was my biggest lesson it's a really hard lesson man it's like it is it's really lesson. hard and I, you ultimately can't learn it until you go through it and it's a coin this isn't mine like i'm just working on it and i had to kind of do that and go okay like i'm stepping away from it and i i'm gonna actually look for a different opportunity uh, elsewhere um and i noticed that supermassive were hiring based down in guildford in the uk uh, for people who don't know and I was like, okay, like, light until dawn a lot. I would like to interview there and see if they can tell me what they're working on. If it seems like something I could kind of get involved with, then that sounds good to me. Um, so interviewed there. And yeah, like, I think I can't remember did the interview. It was like probably early 2018. Mm-hmm. And I was starting there about March 2018. 
Okay. I remember the big posters of Man of Medan. I was at EGS. Yeah. Remember. And I was like, what is this? This looks amazing. Yeah. It's in a submarine, but what? I don't know. And it's like, you had to queue to go and see. What it was about. <laughs> and I'm like, I really, really Now you've piqued my interest. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that was like, okay, like they're working on like a, a new, like their own until dawn that isn't Sony. It's like, that sounds brilliant. Like they should be making that. That sounds great. Um, uh, yeah. That was like a really different experience because. It I mean, was horror, yeah. from Lego to horror. Exactly, so, yeah. It was, I mean, that's a jump, it was like the most opposite <laughs> jump you could probably take, like family-friendly kid game to like, you know, slow cinematic horror, like, oh, what the hell? Yeah. But I think it was the right move to make because it, you know, it made me be able to digest a lot of the stuff from my previous experience and stuff. And okay, I want something new. I want to learn some new bits. I want to feel uncomfortable again and like kind of learn things, start, start fresh. And, you know, like I, I met some of my like, some of my best friends of all time in, in, in that job. And, you know, it's given me so much great experience to kind of move forward from there. So I was only actually there like a year. It wasn't long. Mm. And that was because I actually had an opportunity back at TT because we were ramping up to start work on, well, I say start work, work had started just before I left, if I remember correctly, on uh, Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, which was like a huge ambitious project, right. like, taking all the mainline Star Wars movies, putting them in one game. I think I played it. Yeah, Not like really, it, but I mean, yeah, it was like, like a, a really playable, the really like fun game. Mm. And I was like, okay, like Star Wars, I'm a bit of a Star Wars guy, like, that sounds good. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd like to do some more like kind of gameplay level stuff because yeah. i've kind of missed not doing that but i mean that's my question and, and mm. this is not a, a diss to supermassive because they do amazing games but from a level design point of view is it's a lot more it's very camera scripted you're not going like oh it's a state of flow you gotta do mm. you know yeah so i mean like yeah i can i could probably go into that a bit so the actual a lot of my day-to-day on that would be a mixture of sometimes it was just taking like mocap data for example mm. and we'd be like and we'd be like okay mocap data is in we can put this in the scene now we can set up cameras we can start doing all these bits and bobs but then some of the times you'd be like what you said with those like more like kind of um like spline follow cameras and stuff mm-hmm. and maybe sometimes you'd like fix camera on my like, resi style and a lot of that was like kind of a lot of the day to day and getting that right and that would change dramatically because you'd do it and you maybe have like a director review and it'd be like this isn't quite working like it's not it's too you know it's not getting that feeling of claustrophobia what it's like too you know wide or whatever so you'd, mm-hmm. you'd be changing it on the fly a lot so that was a lot of our work kind of day to day um and then a mixture of doing obviously the cinematic stuff as well which was probably the the kind of bulk um of the responsibility there mm-hmm. but then obviously the game was super branching so there was also like sorting out all the flow and doing all that within like blueprint and kind of making sure that okay like this path can only happen if all these bulls have triggered two hours ago in the game and like getting all that set up so you'd have to make like different sequences of like the same event for different characters and stuff so it became quite an exponential piece of work even for like one sequence because it could happen in so many different ways um so that was like really great experience kind of doing that um but yeah i think deep down i was like i miss working on like gameplay and like Mm -hmm. level stuff because i wasn't kind of getting that fulfilled um yeah so then i went back to tt uh, joined as a level designer there and I, I wish I could say I just did level design uh, but I did a lot of different stuff as well you know I was primarily as level designer and level director as well like kind of like taking levels which were already kind of underway and then kind of like getting them over the finish line but then also I was looking at like cameras for a lot of it I was looking at combat I was looking at some of the kind of shooting mechanics 
Um, I big thing. A lot more game design. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say that was a big thing for the Skywalker saga, though, right? Like the gameplay did change a lot compared to all the previous. Oh, it's like because I was like, like Mark said, like I haven't finished it, but I was playing it like this year, and it's much more like a third person like action adventure game than what any than what I ever remember any of the other Lego games being. So there was a massive overhaul in game design for that franchise in that one game. Definitely, definitely. I think that I think that was my biggest kind of shock, like going got back and seeing it. And I was like, oh God, like this is trying to be, you know, quote unquote, like a big boy game now. Like it was <laughs> like really trying to be, you know, like you said, like a third person action uh, vibe. Um, yeah, so I was kind of doing a, a bin, like a, a bunch of different stuff on there. Like I said, like doing a lot of like, three C's camera stuff, uh, controls, shooting stuff. Uh, and then a lot of levels I was getting given were like, all the ones where it's like the lightsaber jewels and it was like okay like this is like one of the levels and i was like okay like is this the boss fight and it was just like basic as hell essentially just fighting like a normal goon there was no like changing camera or anything like that and i was like oh like who's in charge of this and they were like you are now <laughs> <laughs> you said it so i was like okay was it okay, the rule? So... like you touched it you own it you yeah know? pretty much um but honestly, like probably, you know, one of my favorite things I've ever done is working with all the amazing developers and getting that online. You know, I I had a very clear vision of what I think they should have been like from, you know, from visual point of view, from like a gameplay, like on, on the pad feel. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, I pitched it to the game director. He, some, for some reason, said yes. Uh, <laughs> and we got production involved and we started kind of planning it all out um worked with some amazing programmers animators vfx artists audio people like just across the board and i think it was it generally felt like i was taking a feature from oh like this is it's it's in but like we need it to actually be like a feature of the game now and yeah like we we banged our heads against the wall for ages about it and you know it's it's, it's one of those things of even if we have like a cool idea for something sometimes the best ideas will will only come from trying one thing and it's oh look there's two avenues there now we can go down and it'll only come from just trying an idea and seeing where it'll go and i think a lot of that was you know just really empowering you know people outside of design to have feedback and to just say it straight like do you think what this is is it will work and do you like what there is now and they're like, oh no, like, what if we did this instead? And it was just problem solving. Mm. But listening to everyone's voices, not like being like a tyrant and being like, I'm the designer, it needs to be like this. It was like, this is where I want it to get to. I don't really know how we get it there yet. This is this. This is the stuff I don't want to kind of compromise. But let's kind of work this out together. And it was like months of hard work to get it where it is. But like, I mean, you know, it's, I don't, I don't think it's perfect. It's not Dark Souls. It's nothing like that. But I think for like a family-friendly Star Wars game, I think we made like a pretty cool boss combat system that like is quite it holds up quite well to like the legacy of these like moments from the movies. Mm. Um, I thought we did a pretty good job with it, and you know the team absolutely nailed it. Um, in my opinion, it's one of these things that, as you say, that both other people that are playing it, like from blank can guide you in one way and also show you what's important and what isn't. I was doing some yes. stuff at work and I can't say exactly what it is, but you know, we, we thought something was really important and we dedicated some copious amounts of time to it. And 
you know, we, we then sent it out to some people and see if anyone noticed. No one noticed. It did not bother anyone about it. You know, mm. we sent a broken thing out, right? And no one cared. No one cared. It's like, so it's not an issue. Mm. So all that, you know, like, it was basically, shall we keep on doing this and to get it just right? And it's like, no one gives it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, even when you ask them afterwards. Like, That's yeah, kind of my motto when uh, when I work with people. It's like, will anybody yeah. give a crap? <laughs> uh, I mean, you have to curate at one point and right. and figure all the, the edge kits and everything out. But high level, how will people even notice it that much? Mm. How much time do you need to spend? It, it gets really bad towards like the end of, end of a project, right? When you're trying to close it down and technically the game is playable from like A to Z, from start to end and every, every problem you're picking out is something you will notice. Right. Something that no one's ever touched. Yeah, even game. the yeah, little but something things. that no one's ever touched. Like Mark said, as soon as you they play yep. it, they mm -hmm. didn't notice that it was broken. They didn't notice the thing didn't actually work. It was a second slower than it should have yep. been. But we agonize over that because right. we yep. at that point in the projects, we're in tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. Like we can't we can't look exactly. outside yeah. of that anymore. It's like, does the game mm -hmm. still work? Okay, yeah. yes, it does. And yeah, sure. Once yeah. you've you've shipped a bunch of games, you yes. get a, a little better at dealing with it. <laughs> My watch has talked to me. A little better at dealing with yeah, it, but it never <laughs> it never stops. Like you'll always have that problem. And I think no. it it takes everyone like that moment of realization i need to step back i need to kind of stop and not mm -hmm. agonize over the smallest thing that maybe 0.1 yeah. percent of, of the player base might notice totally yeah i i think it's the biggest anxiety as a yeah. developer of that initial time when you're like passing the pad to someone on something you be, level feature whatever and you're like your hands shaking like Okay, you can play it, and and the other, you're sat there like, oh god, oh god, oh god. I think especially from a level design point of view, you're like, oh please, it's just there, just just go there. It's so obvious to me, it's there, but it's like it's not, it's not obvious. You've like you've not done your job right, and so you can only get that from just taking you know the time to give it to someone else, get fresh eyes on it. Because being in the trenches with it, it's it's never going to be perfect because you're just so close so you can't can't see the, the kind of forest for the trees don't even that is what you said as well though it's you first have to have that iteration before you have the the yeah. next iteration you can't Legit. immediately jump to the perfect one so you nope. you have to have had that bad level design before yeah. you figure out what needs to be fixed in it maybe it's something small totally. so maybe something completely big and needs to change in it but you yeah. you, you need to have that yeah, and totally. I think that's why games take so long as well, Tom. Exactly. Like you, you have to have yeah. that in, which will take time from audio, time from level designers, time from animators. And you have to have put all this work in just for people to try it out, then to tell you what doesn't work. And then you have to mm -hmm. go back to return again with the audio people, again with the animators, again with the level designers, or whoever else is involved in it. It's just this constant cycle yeah. of involving everybody again. <laughs> to iterate and yeah. i don't think you get that a lot in in maybe like other non-interactive media um here is everything is connected yeah. to people playing things right and you can't get feedback until i think it. i think the interesting i was speaking to this, um someone recently about this who works in like tv and film and they like no games they're aware of them but they're like oh they don't understand like development or anything like that we talked for ages and like when you realize that like TV and like um like animation and film and stuff, like so much of game production is 
you know, it's the kind of back end, so to speak. Well, like movies are like post production, like that's bringing everything together, right? But it's like not as long as like it's like it's not three years of like a game. Like your shooting time for a TV or like a TV show or film is mostly the bulk of the time, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, pre production is now happening. Well, like games, like your pre production is that, and then it's like ninety mm-hmm. to eighty percent is doing the thing. Well, like, that doesn't exist in TV and film in the same way. Like pre production's big, sure, but it's not it's nowhere near those scales so i think that's the difference it's like you're trying to make it and iterate but then you get to the point of like we'll park that but we also do need to polish that up at one point and then one bit gets polished you know that needs to be polished and then you start looking around it's like that bit looks shit though now because all these bits are so it's like this like endless spinning plate thing and then you have to get to a point it's like it's it's done. It's it's done. Okay, it's done. And you have to just kind of kick it out and that's it then. And is that how everyone it feels is like, happy? I mean, you've shipped a number of games now. Is that how it feels? It's like it's like one day you walk in, and it's like save. And it's like, no, that's done. That's done. Like, hmm. I mean, now we have updates and things like that. I, I get it, but yeah. I mean, like updates have definitely changed that dynamic, right? But it still gets to a point where someone has to make the call of like, this is content yeah. lock. This is this is done. Like, you can't touch that level anymore. Like, art needs to come in and do it now. Mm. Otherwise, if, if if art don't start putting assets in your level, it's never going to get done. And you're sat there like, but the last player test was shit, and we that bit didn't work. Like, art needs to come in now. And like that is that's a, yeah. no one talks about that. I don't think from like a student point of view when you're learning yeah. about game development that you don't have four years to make your level good. <laughs> you have whatever time frame art needs to come in. And then that's where the real journey begins. It's going, does the level still work now? Like, that's tough. I mean, one. this is one of the reasons I started this podcast, because I started realizing in my my personal game journey <laughs> about learning about different parts of game making was that level design touched so many different parts of the making the sausage. Mm. Um, I don't... That came out really wrong, but you know what I mean. It's like it, 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 it touches so many. So it's a very good way to to start off and say like, well, how you interact with these different departments. But as you say, like other people have to come in and like, you're done, baby. That's it. Pencils down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes we don't even know that it's done because you want to try and iterate and iterate and iterate, but it doesn't mean that the level is not good, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean that, especially in blockout, is is or even when it's a prototype or whatever, it's harder to see uh, maybe the level is okay and you don't need it to be perfect because Mm -hmm. the lighting, the environment, art, the music will make it from okay to good. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know, all their other extra bits will make it from good to better. And Mm -hmm. that reaches a point already that's, you know, that's perfect for shipping, basically, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But... The level itself might not need to be a hundred percent perfect because other things will also elevate. I think it applies to other stuff as well, apart from the level. Uh, but we're we in this tunnel vision, like you said, like um, when you can. I think it's an important thing to think about. You keep using that word perfect. Mm-hmm. It's like there is no such thing as a perfect game. Therefore, there is no such thing as a perfect level, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, contractually required to say that Death Stranding is very good. Okay, <laughs> you got that in. That's fine. No, but it's a, it's just like we can all define, I guess, perfect, like shippable. We can all put our levels mm. into different like camps, right? Of what it falls under, and it's like Valentina yep. was mentioning. It's like when we do our level block out, and that's that first 
playable version of this blocky space with no lighting, probably no audio cues, no real enemies. Like it's missing a lot of the stuff that's in your design, like the stuff you want to be yep. there. Mm -hmm. So to, to a degree, you have to take a gamble that when that stuff comes online, it's going to elevate it. Yep. And if usually if you've done your job right and everything's been communicated properly, that does happen. But it's like, Jack, you mentioned like post-production. There is an element of that of when art comes online and suddenly the level's broken. Mm. Like this doesn't get talked about a yep. lot. Yeah. Fixing it yep. after the art is done. You ain't changing the layout. Yep. So you've got to work with what's there. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but the, yeah. the success stories, it's yeah, like so success true, stories do come out of that. But then yeah. the hardest part and like probably completely different, like a full podcast on this is like cutting stuff and knowing when to cut yep. your losses. Yeah. And like, it can be the hardest thing as yep. a designer. You've worked on something for such a long time. It could be months of work. Oh, wait. And you just have to be like, it no. absolutely sucks. Every time it happens, it sucks. But on exactly what you said there is like something I want to talk about for sure of that idea of, oh, you're working as a level designer on a project. Like, yeah, it's like, okay, like we don't have this combat system done. We don't have like the enemies really done yet. But like, can you do a level? Like, I can kind of do the level but yeah. i don't know you know we might have the enemies might fly next week <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like, we can only like and that's what you said at start map which is like perfect way of looking at it is the way i've always described level design it's like we're the showcase for the entire game whether it's audio art gameplay combat everything you can think of like we're taking all these amazing bits that everyone's slaved away making mm. and we're like serving it out the thing like this is it now we can't do our best work until we know yeah. that all these bits are kind of in a stage of lockdown, which doesn't really exist. I know uh, even out loud saying that's stupid, but yeah. we can only do when it's a certain stage of like, okay, are we having enemies? We're having enemies. Like, okay, right. Yeah, we yeah. can do something with that. And we'll, I, and you'll go from there. And that's like the best yeah. you can kind of do. Um, unless you're very fortunate to work yeah. in like a sequel, I guess. Like right. a sequel is the dream, right? Because everything's there. You might have some new traversal mechanics, you might have some new enemy types, but yeah. the bread and butter of what the game is, is there. Yeah. So you can you, you can essentially crack on, uh, you know. That's why sequels yeah. don't dramatically change as well. Mm. It's like, it's probably the best thing to work on as a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, totally. Mick, Mick Gordon, the, the musician in Doom, uh, recently there's a bit of a drama about that, but I was reading through his, his work and it's like, he was asked to write music mm. when there weren't levels, there weren't bad guys, and then went story beats, and it's like just make some music. And he was having the same problem that as a level designer you have. Wow, I didn't know about that. Uh, it's a big drama happening at the moment. And before, by the way, if you want to see how the sausage is made, before this podcast, we said we're not going to put temporal information in this podcast, so you know when we recorded it. <laughs> and we've just talked about the drama last week and stuff like that. But anyway, Mick Gordon having a, a spat because they said he was a very bad musician oh. or Doom Eternal, and he was saying, yeah, it's, it's like you know they have to produce x amount of minutes of music and sound cues and stuff like that for a thing but if you're like well the levels weren't finished and they weren't giving me any guide it was just like go make x amount of this and that's it yeah like well okay wow sometimes it's a chicken and egg situation right i think like it was much before don't that. know the mechanics yet oh i'm not talking about this one a uh, specific case but you might not know you might not have locked down the mechanics yet but you have to start working on the level or maybe you already have some systems down but etc etc i don't so think it's, they have baddies yet it, it, they that, got them like really in 
or you didn't have combat yet, etc. So it, you basically can't have everything to start working on something. Then you basically you you already have everything. Then just shift the games. <laughs> it, it kind of it needs to be yeah. iterated all the time. Mm-hmm. All the departments need to work. So you do your level. And maybe it's not locked down yet, but then they'll add a, I don't know, the grappling hook mechanic from Uncharted Flow. And then suddenly from you have to add verticality to your level so you can jump yep. around and fly around. So you'll go back mm-hmm. to doing that level uh, because five months later, that grappling hook mechanic was added. So it's not, it's basically can never finish your work mm. until some department starts locking things down and then it will cascade to other departments locking things down and like, yeah. Yeah, and your job <laughs> might change from block blocking out to okay. Now the environment art is in. Does my cover still work? Does the can I still walk on? Can I can I still jump up that wall? Because maybe the height is completely wrong now, and you can't do it, and the level is dead now. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that. So your your role will change as mm-hmm. well, right? As you progress totally. through the production. So um, so true. Yeah. Just pretty, yeah. Uh, sorry, I guess we're the I uh, we diverted a bit from your journey into games. Eh? You're working at TT. <laughs> but but talking about like deviation and deviating, but then you took a left turn in you from doing Star Wars, you went to do an R and D. So that's that so Yeah. And <laughs> this was at, back at TT, right? This is still at what Yes, point? this yeah, this is this was I don't remember what it was now. I think it must have been I reckon it, it was it was definitely during the pandemic. So mm. I think it was like maybe back end of twenty twenty, maybe early twenty twenty one. Um, and I, I don't think I'd ever saw that for myself. I was like, a, oh, I'll do R and D stuff. It just doesn't seem like a <laughs> my type of like design expertise that I could lend too much of a hand. To. Anyone that says R and D, I'm thinking white coats, you know, uh, clipboards. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they they sent yeah, you yeah. uniforms out. It was amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that was that was a really interesting time because you know, especially for TT, like to have an R and D department was like very. Mm-hmm out there and like very oh let's try and prototype things and see where they could lead and maybe they're just mechanics for games or like existing games they're sorry planned games or maybe their entire new game ideas blah 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 and yeah for some reason i was like you know what like this sounds like a really cool change of pace again why not do that and see where that leads so yeah i joined that we did a bunch of stuff so my my role in that just if anyone is wondering kind of like R&D, what that can be like. I mean, as from a designer, I, even I was curious. I was like, well, mm-hmm. what am I going to be doing? And it honestly, it rains. I was doing a bit of like kind of pitchy concept stuff of like, okay, like we've been given certain things that Warner Brothers are interested in pursuing. Okay, how can we take that? Maybe come up with some pitches for them. That can maybe go to our head of studio. We can get that, go down the pipeline. Maybe we start building a prototype. And then once a certain thing was agreed on, we'd be like, okay, like we'll prototype it. We've got like a month to do it, maybe even less. Yeah, uh, so we did did a bunch of different stuff there. I led a project from November, I think it would have been. Yeah, I think it was like November 2020. That rings a bell to maybe like April Mm -hmm. time. So maybe like, you know, whatever that is, like six months or so. Um, We'll probably never see the light of day, um, that project. But hands down, like my favorite thing I've ever been a part of in the industry worked with like the R&D team was so diverse from like like an experience mm-hmm. level like so you had people who had been there like the company for like 15 years 20 years and then people who had been there for like three years or and you had a mixture of like animators programmers design and it was just this like crazy mixing part of like people who are pretty good at what they do 
being told like okay we want to do this or what do you guys want to make we'll justify it somehow and we'll kind of, start, kind of start making it yeah so we did a bunch of projects um like i said one that's very close to my heart would never see the light of day um which upsets me do what well, i will not talk about it i will move on um but yeah r d was interesting it was it was very different especially from a level design point of view because like what we've literally just been saying before this of like we don't have all the mechanics there it was kind of the same thing but also the opposite because when you're like making something quick and kind of dirty just to kind of test something out normally you just make like a singular mechanic and so if level design around a singular mechanic is kind of an easy challenge in a way because it's not mm-hmm. there's all these moving parts it's like there's one thing let's show off this one thing in the best way possible so it's like okay let's do this i guess the issue with that is when you start adding stuff in and it's like okay this mechanic's not like the core mechanic anymore like this thing's a new thing and you can do that as well um so from a level design point of view it was it was definitely different uh i think as a as a designer and i guess like my first time professionally in a more like not like a director role or anything like that but from like a lead you know kind of taking it from i pitched this thing it got the kind of green light and we started building it and being the kind of like you know person who was the main stakeholder for that that was my first time doing that and it was you know it kind of lit a fire in me from being honest and it's to this day like I'm still like kind of vibing off it because it was such a good time um but yeah that was kind of that kind of wrapped up my experience at TT really um so did a yeah did a bunch of different bits in design um bits of level bits of gameplay uh, bits of combat and then did R&D there yeah and then from there I went to Sumo uh over in Sheffield in the UK um as a senior designer and yeah I was I was probably only there like it was maybe like seven months maybe six okay. months um so a very short time like it makes my super massive time look like a huge career like <laughs> now and that was for like yeah again it was there was some kind of life shit going on uh which I will not bother your listenership with but also like you know it was a mixture of certain projects kind of being brought on for that were mm. unfortunately kind of cancelled as well so it's kind of this perfect storm of like oh drat <laughs> uh yeah and then that kind of i was kind of in a weird place and then fast forwards and i saw the application was going at playstation and i was like hmm, i guess i could apply for it and just see what happens it would be really interesting as a career move um playstation's a you know company i've always wanted to work for uh, at some point i'll shoot my shot i guess so yeah did that did a really kind of like quite a long interview experience with that so it was like kind of initial interview you kind of got nda signed told the project you either be like if it doesn't interest you we can keep going if it doesn't oh, we'll good. just kind of shake hands and, go, and we'll go our separate yeah. ways which i thought was really transparent and refreshing like generally it was like i think if there's any recruiters listening well sorry recruiters like just yeah. i guess just game people who are like are working on the projects with your recruiters if you can get that process involved i think you're going to save yourself a lot of time because you're just going to get people in. This is what we're kind of making roughly. Does it interest you? Is this someone to be a part of? Yes or no? Okay, cool. But no hard feelings, but they will we'll find someone who actually really cares about what we're building. And I thought that was really transparent and awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I've been there like, what's it, nine, ten months? Coming up to a year um, in like start of February, end of January time. Uh, yeah, and I'm honestly, I'm having an absolute blast. Um, it's absolutely... I mean, I presume but, you can't say like anything about the project or anything. Uh, well, that's not entirely... We, we, we did kind of there's no announcement to as sort of speak um of the project entirely but we have had like a bit of a 
mm-hmm. peek behind the curtain. So we did release some concept art oh, wow. um, of the project, which, which you can see. If you go on our Twitter or our website, I'm sure it's probably on there now. Um, this is the one that says unannounced game. Yeah. So if, if <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it will be that. Yeah, right now. Yeah. So there's no, we haven't really any information like that at all. It's just like a bit. There's a big piece of concept art which looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's like we've kind of revealed like the rough genre of what it is. Right. Um, there's a description of the style of game. That's about it. That's all that's out there. Yes. The public ethos. Okay. I think it came from yeah, a, exactly. GIB's article or interview with like heads of studios. Yes, it so. was. It was. That's it. that's exactly it, mate. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, I'm not um, going to get you in trouble by asking like so, but but tell us really, what is it? You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's a game. Oh, oh, wow! He's like spilling what? the tea. It's a complaint. It's yeah. it's a video game, um, and it's going to be on PS5. Like that's that's what I'll say. Like like I said, because the concept that is a tease of mm-hmm. our intentions, where it's going. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm you. I'm a level designer on it, so it's gonna have levels. <laughs> my, my, you're like really spilling the tea now, Jack. I, I, you, you're flying too close to the sun. <laughs> I would say. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, but yeah, uh, having 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 an absolute blast. Uh, team is fantastic. Uh, studio is honestly one of the most like refreshing game studio experiences I think I've ever had. Even me, like, I work like remote. I'm in the studio twice three times a month tops mm-hmm. and it's amazing to feel like the studio culture mm-hmm. even remotely mm-hmm. even so when you go to the studio and feel it in person of course but it's yeah it's it's fantastic so far and you know even from things of taking care of of, of people and checking in like I had a bit of like a rough week last week wasn't kind of feeling kind of mentally 100 percent, and I had like three people who you know I have no real kind of touchstone with them on a daily basis. And they all reached out and just kind of checked in on me. And I was like, this has never happened in my game career before. So yeah, it's uh, it's all going well so far. It's great. That's amazing. I mean, it's one of those yes. goals. Those are things that, are, that you would try to move from studio to studio, like or gleam the, the, the good sides of studios. I mean, a lot of the, the discourse is like, how can I be good at a studio? But for me as an mm. owner of a studio, it's like, how can the studio be good to its people? Because it's, it's very important mm. and this is an industry that there's a lot of uh, uh um blanking on the word but like interest and people are really motivated to be in it and that can be easily mm. misabused and and mis companies right oh 100 like, either you know on purpose or not on purpose right it's like mm. people like oh, everyone wants to be working really late because they're loving the job but you're you got to be the adult this is exactly what i talk about like i've had times in the past where you know people have like the talk of crunch is obviously like a, right. a a tough conversation sometimes at least i think because i think people try and kind of put it objectively as just like bad thing like just don't do it like just don't do crunch it's like until you've worked at a studio when you're sat there and it gets to five o'clock and you go to leave and there's other people there like still doing work mm. no one's forcing you to crunch Throwing daggers at you <laughs> yeah it, it's just oh, people are working and I feel bad for just leaving on time. Like, that's not enforced crunch. That's just, there's a pressure or... Yeah, pressure. Yeah, and it's like, oh, like, you kind of start feeling yourself, like, walking back to your chair and putting your bag down. It's like, you shouldn't be like that. You know, and I'm I'm sure there's places as well that crunch is enforced and it is like, okay, you're in overtime now, like, do the work. A lot of that might have gone, like, after, uh, I say after... With the pandemic and remote working, because you don't mm. have that office politic, that office yeah. uh, presence. Yeah, kind of it's different. definitely yeah. It's 
it is definitely different and i think like you know i'm i'm sure you guys probably had a similar thing of the pandemic was tough for that because i think and i'm not comparing what we do to anyone who's on the front line during the pandemic of course but i think the issue people like us had was you'd do work and then you'd finish and because you couldn't do anything you would have sat there like oh, what do i do now and a lot of our outlet was games and you know whether it was pc games or whatever you still sat there like i'm still online i'm still at my desk doing stuff and that to me was really tough during the pandemic there's no disconnects like there, there was no transition between yes, finish exactly. work clock off not move to yeah. the sofa maybe no and play way. games yeah. or stay at your desk exactly, and play games. exactly it's like oh i'm gonna go and put a different peripheral in my hand and look at yeah. the screen again like it was like <laughs> what are we doing and it was you know you, you couldn't break it up with going to the gym or you know going for a pint with some pals or whatever it is it was it was super different it was super difficult and i think now we're at a place when i think the transition back to that place is i you know i, I don't want to say it's never going to happen because you know sod's law it'll happen tomorrow saying that but i do think it's a difficult place now for offer people like you know why why would i come back when i think people have settled into a nice relationship with working from home for a lot mm-hmm. you know it, yeah. i think hybrid's the way to go personally i think work from home if when you want come into the studio when you want like do have that option there and you know it's it's good to see people like you know what i mean like it's nice to go into the studio Hum- and humans that are here are quite all right you know yeah like legit and i they think can be they can, they can be, be. <laughs> well yeah yeah not definitely not wholesale <laughs> um but yeah like i i think it's awesome to be a hybrid and i think it's i personally don't see a way back to how it used to be and i think like you said matt i think like the that knock on crunch culture whether it is enforced or the peer pressure side of it it's i don't i mean maybe i'm wrong i haven't experienced it since then so you know i'm not saying what i you know, what i've said is gospel or anything but i've been quite fortunate to never encounter yeah, we're, we're gonna take it we're gonna we're gonna like come back at you if we find any crunch <laughs> happening anywhere in the <laughs> but on that topic i think we're going to introduce a n- little new segment to the podcast which I'm going to call side quests for the moment. It might change name. <laughs> and basically we talk a lot. I mean, we've been talking about like, okay, so we're working and we're doing other stuff, but I want to show that about what you've been doing that isn't games, what's keeping you away from games and, you know, enlightening or entertaining you since maybe the last time we talked. And it's been a while since we talked, but I'm, so I'm hoping to, to do this more, more mm-hmm. often. So who would like to go first and tell us what they've been there? Uh, what their side quests this week has been? Their side quests, off the beaten path yeah. quests. <laughs> uh, I can go first. Oh, please, yeah. Um, what's keeping me away from games? Yeah. Or what am I basically doing maybe on my free time? Or... Well, I mean, I don't mean keeping you away. It's like, oh my God, work's yeah, keeping oh, yeah. me away from games. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, you know, like we can't, We I know it's nice to say we live and breathe games, and but but we're rounded humans. Yes. What else do we? Yeah, and I actually think it's important to be like you said, a rounded human, I mm-hmm. guess, because uh, that that provides like motivation and refreshment and just which helps mm-hmm. also working on games and and going back to games. But for me, this year particularly has been being able to. Uh, so I don't own a car here in the UK, so I didn't want to spend money on on a car, and I started renting. 
um, cars for that. And I've been using them to just travel and discover Scotland a little bit more. Oh, nice. Which sounds a bit strange because I've been here seven years, uh, but it's extremely difficult going anywhere outside the city without a car right and there's a lot of scotland about there's a lot of scotland <laughs> yes and it's amazing and and uh, the moment you go out the city and that could just be thir be 30 minutes with the car but that would have been maybe two hours with the bus it's it's very mm. tiring if you get the bus or a taxi or something um so the car has just given me a lot of freedom to just i don't know find nooks and crannies i guess little uh cafes or shops or forests or literally beaten paths <laughs> of be going off the beaten path literally and and then um obviously i visited places where you know people have heard of before and like specific cities etc but just being able to go i don't know to a random safari park up north uh, closer to the highlands and have having that freedom of like existing in the country that i actually live in uh, has been really really nice and it has not stopped me from taking out my phone and taking a lot of reference pictures for like props and textures and lighting and uh, yeah, yeah i mean because you have <laughs> to you have to like add i, I do that a lot I, I i think over the summer i spent a lot of time in the south coast so i've been going to exploring east sussex so i've been doing very similar to you and going to places and each time i'm, I'm trying to not say oh, i could do like a a big open world and like start taking pictures of the south downs and then my brain comes in going like you're not <laughs> gonna make a big open world game set in the south down <laughs> yeah one day one day mark how about you johnny uh i think for me like the stuff that usually keeps me away from games is like obviously you'll know if you follow me on Twitter like I've been into running since yeah. I started working in gaming and that's never stopped and that's something I have always been into I love now. your pictures of Brighton uh when you're yeah you know it used to be of Newcastle when I lived in the north yeah. it was just running up and down but it was like that and it is like it I don't like those pictures I only like the ones in the <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking I'm joking, um, I'm joking. <laughs> the tune up the tune man <laughs> yeah but it was it's it's just like I think for me it's like uh Val said it's like getting out there and like getting away so like for me it's been it's continued doing the running stuff like me and a couple of friends have started like hiking like once a month oh, nice. and similar to you mark it's like discovering like uh, east sussex a bit more so we'll just plot a route and just go on a random walk and like that's our time to catch up like away from games and then that trying to travel more mm -hmm. and just make time to now like, we can actually, okay let's you don't yeah now we can but also we don't have to work all the time right like that's an important thing it's mm -hmm. like taking that break sort of thing is a, mm -hmm. a valued blessing as a runner which you'll know and and obviously uh, uh, my felt look tells you that i'm also a runner but i haven't been for a, a, a little while one of the important ones was the rest mm -hmm. and i think you know taking these side quests it's like a rest for your brain to just adapt what you can do during the day but you need that muscle to have rest so that it is stronger when it, when you come back to it mm -hmm. how about you jack what's been uh, your side quest over the last few months yeah um i don't want to be like sound like i'm absolute copying johnny's answer but yeah running to me mm -hmm. since literally like last year so last year i was going through some bits yeah. I, I realize i've said i've gone through some bits and it makes me sound like i've gone through a lot of shit yeah, we're worried about you Jack. So i sort of put that out there i'm okay yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i was kind of going through some bits last year and i was like ah and i was like kind of coming out of therapy and i was like i need to do something cool and like put my mind on a goal and like go for it and I was like mm. never really been good at running tried it in the pandemic and I was absolutely god awful at it did couch to 45k 
gave up after like three weeks. I was like, sod this. So you go to the coffee and I was table like, I... the couch to 5K, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, no, too much. So I was like, last year, I was like, right, I need to like do something. And I was like, okay, what's going to make me like, you know, actually stick to this and have some accountability with myself to keep going other than just, oh, I should go for a run. So I was like, I'm going to raise some money for like oh, nice. a charity. So I picked Samaritans and I was like, these are a good charity. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do like they did like a 30k over the month challenge, which mm-hmm. people who are running and even to join, like that's not a lot to do 30k over the month. But to me, who would never like done a lot of running, I was like, this is going to be horrible. And yeah, like from the month of like all of November, like, November 1st to the end, I was like, I'm just going to keep running and do like five 5k's even then. And you know what? Like I ended up managed to raise like a thousand pound for charity, Fantastic. and it made me fall in love with with running. And you know, since since then, like I do it all the time now. Since then, I've you know I've run for uh, Brain Tumor charity. Uh, I've run for Special Effects uh, with uh, London Studio, um, and then literally like today, I've just started a running challenge uh, with people um, when we're trying to run like two hundred and fifty kilometers uh, from the tenth of November to the tenth of December. Um, trying yet again, trying to raise some money. So collectively, I think, or individually. Uh, right, right, right. Oh, collectively, <laughs> dude. I was gonna say like you're really. Jesus, I'm not that good yet. <laughs> I just, I just had to confirm. Oh god, like, I'm not like an absolute like Iron Man like marathon <laughs> yet. No. Oh yeah, please, please, please make sure that's in the meeting, North yeah. Mark, because like we can't have that going out. That's fake news. But um, yeah. So we've we've kind of set that as a bit of a goal, and we're like, okay, we'll try and raise some money for charity while doing it, and if we hit certain milestones we'll add like an extra like 20k to it so hopefully we end up running a lot more and hopefully we end up like raising a lot more but like kind of became this two-pronged attack of like falling in love with running and also like fundraising it's become like a really good thing for me and like they just complement each other really well like it keeps me accountable yeah. even when it's like drizzling down obviously living in manchester it rains a lot <laughs> so even the days How do you brave the cold I, was I just gonna... I just put thermal layers on. I've got my like just light. It. Yeah, just honestly, it. I, I was actually saying this yeah. to the people. Like, I actually prefer running when the weather's horrible. Mm. I don't know why. Like running when it's sunny is like lovely and it's like perfect weather, quote unquote. But I know when it's running, I think, yeah. it's like 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 main like main character energy. You're like <laughs> right running through it. Yeah, like yeah. you're into just... the wind, you know. That I... thing. But if it happens every single day. How of how much can you be every a day? Character? Oh, I'm a, I'm a main character in a in a TV show. It's like every episode. Yeah, yeah, it's like episode. thirty episodes. <laughs> episode. It's oh like God, it's like the title. It's like the title crawl. Yeah. Uh, each episode. Um, <laughs> that's been my side quest for you. Like, yeah, I've just been. I, I've always found it uh, kind of. Yeah, uh, thank you. Sorry, I, I interrupted there, but I've always no, found fine. it very really funny seeing the amount of runners increase in sunny yeah. days. When I hated doing that, it was like if it was a sunny, hot day, I was like, why would I go running? Yeah. I go out running when it's, no. when it's wet, wet. That's and, me. That's me. And, yeah. Know, when when it's horrible out there, that's the time that I do it. Yeah, me too. It's, I, I, I don't know why, just, just feels a bit more adventurous, maybe. Dramatic. Yeah, yeah dramatic. Dramatic's a perfect it. word. I mean, dramatic. I love, I love, I love doing that, but I wouldn't do that if I had to run every single day or if I had to, I mean, just if I wanted to keep yeah. health every single day, I think that would mm. get in my way. But if mm. I just decided to go for a run and just be like, whatever, it doesn't matter what day it is, doesn't matter what weather it is. But if I had to do it every day, I, that's why I stopped running because I can't yeah. break the <laughs> wind. I, I, and I, I was going to yeah. throw out a, a little tip there. Do not run every no. day. Yeah, just like just don't do that. It's just, it's I guess that's also like don't I mean, do, 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 do I'm in the opposite. Running's good, but running every day, 
not good for your body. <laughs> so how often do you how often do you run? Um gym? usually about three to four times a yeah, week. Th- three or four is a good spot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Maybe I'll try that again then. But yeah, not every day. You will break your shit. Yeah. You <laughs> and on that note, we've been running out of time. So you can hey. Ooh. So nice. I have been Mark Drew and joining me have been Jack Chapman, Johnny Wilson, and Valentina Christostom. Thank you very much for listening and or watching this episode of the Level Design Podcast, because we also go out on YouTube and various pod listeners. And it'd be great if you can do the usual thing and like and subscribe, you know, where the buttons are and put a bell and I don't know, technology, man, you know, everyone, if you've watched YouTube, you know, everyone's doing this. So just do what everybody else does, you know, give promotes us. And if you're in a podcast of choice, you know, click the star, the heart. I don't know. Just look, just grab a friend, give them your, like, get their phone, put in our podcast in it and tell them to listen to it. That's the best way to spread the news. (laughs) And on that note, thank you very much. Good night. Bye. Bye.